Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It's your host, Mike, alongside our other host, Joe. Craig is in the background doing his thing on Discord. We are recording on October 25th. It is around 3.45. It'll close around 4 o'clock Eastern time. So we are doing this on a Tuesday. We hope that you are enjoying any, I don't know, warmish weather. It's been decent for us the past week, hasn't it? Yeah. But you've been out of the state. I've been traveling. Yeah, you've been going. We'll get into that in a second. But hopefully you've been enjoying the decent weather if you have it around you. Again, for most of us in the Midwest, we've had a pretty okay pretty okay weekend or past week with some decent weather. And then soon enough, I'm sure it's going to go back to absolutely abysmally cold. But let's kind of jump into that with our our typical intro question. Joe, how you doing? How's your, how's your week been? Because you traveled a whole lot. I'm exhausted. Uh, I've traveled many states in the last five days, and today's my like kind of day off. I've been doing things all day, health related things. So <clears throat> I got a had a minor health scare this past weekend, but um, we're I'm working on it. So um. I'm here, I'm tired, and after the show is done, it's relaxation time. Nappy time for Joe. No, it's too late for nappy time. Honestly, I could nap, but I'm with you. If I nap too late in the day, I feel like it's game over for me. Well, if I nap too late in the day, and then I try to go to bed at a reasonable time, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, because you can stay up late. I, I can't stay up late no matter what. Like, no matter what I do, I really can't stay up late, even if it's by accident. I don't know. I've never been built that way. Even during college, even during high school. I bet I could count on one hand the amount of times I've actually done an all-nighter or even anything close. I've done one. I did it once just because to say I did it. Um, but other than that, I never needed, needed to do that. I don't understand why people always did all-nighters. I feel like people think it's like, oh, dude, I spent the whole night doing things. And it's like, bro, you feel like garbage the next day. You feel like garbage the next day. You got to see in your project. Did you really, is it really worth it? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I, I can never do all-nighters. I, I, even I, did a, I don't even like the midnight pre-releases. Oh, I usually feel sick the next day, too. I've done one, and I got sick after. Yeah. Like, I, maybe my body's just weak on that area of things. I've not been conditioned to handle that, but holy cow, I I can't do that. Like summertime, if I'm up to like one or two, we must be playing like Civilization or like Minecraft. We must be doing something where you're just grinding. Otherwise, I shoot, I'm just in bed, man. And it's not even because of being an adult. I've always been this way. I like getting up early, though. Like, I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm a big early guy. Um, I am not an early person. Oh, I love it. If I can get my whole day done with by getting up at like five and just being done by noon, I would I would do it every day. No questions asked. But I think I'm also learning. I'm also not an evening person either. So you're just a midday person. I'm just not a person. <laughs> oh, just you're just a figment of our imagination. I am here. Joe is one of those AIs that's been programmed 
for 180 something episodes, you guys have thought that he's a person, but in reality, he's just one of those programmed AIs that just responds to questions. One of those fancy bots on on uh, Discord. Yeah, dude, he's a. I I had to pay premium for him. But Craig, Craig is Craig is not as advanced. But you tra- Where did you travel? Uh, Cleveland, Washington D.C., New Jersey, Philadelphia. Back home. What was your favorite spot? The bus. Really? I was watching Avatar the entire time. But you weren't like you weren't like into any of the cities you went to? Nope, because usually we ride to the city, we go in the venue, we sound check, we do everything, and then we start the show, and then we move on. Oh, so you do... I mean, I guess you were gone for not really a lot of time for the amount of places you went. So yeah, you probably didn't spend any time in the places, did you? Um, No, like, we stopped at a, at a cemetery... <laughs> stopped at a cemetery... Uh, where there's a lot of prominent older members from the group I'm a part of that are oh, buried okay. in certain cemeteries, so we went to go pay our respects and stuff. So we walked around there a little bit, but and then the museum attached to that cemetery and stuff too. We look, kind of looked through that stuff. It's not bad. I mean, honestly, like it, like it sounds like kind of like a bummer, but like that's cool to have some like history that you get to visit for the group that you're in musically. Yeah, like like, I mean, like Ukrainian too. So like part of the museum thing, the, the exhibit they had up currently was interesting. So uh, there's a great famine of 1933 in Eastern Europe uh, where a lot of people died. A lot, a lot of people died. And there's a lot of usually art commemorating that. Now there's a monument in Washington, D.C. commemorating it uh, as a remembrance. Um, one of the cool exhibits they had there was instead of like the art showing some kind of famine thing, what this person ended up doing was lithographs of uh, a cookbook of people, how they ate at that time, like bugs, animals, cats, dogs, whatever they can get their hands on to eat. Cause food was so scarce. That's crazy. So he actually made a cool, I thought it was cool looking to uh, basically a, a cookbook based on that time and what was available to eat. Actually. It is pretty cool. It's unique. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of strange when you read through it, but I'm sure again, like you're not going to find that in other places. No. So that's pretty cool. But that's that's awesome. Yeah, I love DC, man. I have not I've been to Cleveland. I've been to Philly once. And where was I did get a cheesesteak. <laughs> was it was it everything is cracked up to be? Uh I I did a healthy health, quote unquote healthier version of a cheesesteak. So no, it, it it was a cheesesteak, I guess. Steak I mean they're pretty straightforward. Sandwich. Yeah, they're pretty straightforward. <laughs> Like if I really uh, want the real cheese stick, I probably should go to like the famous place and then poop my pants afterwards. But yeah, we don't need that. That's that's an experience, but I don't know if that experience is worth it. So you went, you said Cleveland, DC, DC New Jersey area. Oh, New Jersey, I haven't been to. Is it anything special? Uh, it's nice in the fall because of the leaves. I guess. Shoutouts to New Jersey. I, I I do like DC. I like to go there when it's colder because every time I go there, it's like a million degrees because I go there just for annual field trip stuff. But that's cool. It's good to hear. Like um, East Coast trips, I think are best for the fall time. They at least have them look like, like leaves and stuff. And there's less tourism going on too. So you get to see those cities in more of their natural states. And Philly was, I mean, 
you probably weren't there long enough, but like Philly is a pretty bumping spot right now because the Phillies are on their way to the World Series potentially. Oh the yeah, Eagles that was up. I forgot about that. Like we were driving down the from from the concert venue in Philadelphia. We're just literally driving down Broad Street. Broad Street is this long street that goes down through Philadelphia. And you see like we passed Liberty Bell, all that stuff. And we're like looking around, like, wow, there's so many cops around here. And I asked my cousins, I was like, hey, uh, is Philly playing today? And someone like the, the, the Phillies, they're like, oh, no, they don't play today. They played yesterday. And, yeah, like, and, and I know they're on a bye week, too, for football, because I have go dirt on my t- tight end thing. And then I get to the airport. I'm like, oh, it's the bottom the top of the ninth. They're up whatever score it was i'm like oh that makes sense why the cops were everywhere well yeah because they're in the world <laughs> series now it was like uh, it was I a think... clinching game yeah yeah so they play against the astros in the world series so they've got that going on the eagles are undefeated the 76ers are playing now like i don't know how the hockey end is going but like it's a pretty crazy spot in philly right now I don't know. flyers have been papoo so i think so so and the, the 76ers although they're own three are a title contending team so like that's it's a good place to be potentially, but we can we can get into the Pokemon stuff now. Lucky for us, though, not a whole lot to talk about. We had a regional over the weekend that we'll cover briefly in Europe, um, so our information is a little more limited. We have a couple product news, and then we have some set news. We do not have the Silver Tempest set list yet. I was really hoping we would have it by now because pre-releases are this weekend. So pre-releases are happening now. I was really hoping we'd get the Silver Tempest set list. And I'm sure sometime this week it will drop after the fact of, we, of us recording. Are you planning on doing any pre-releases? It all depends on the time because I work this weekend. Ah, uh, that's right. If there's, one okay. after five, if there's one after five o'clock, I'll try. But if not, then oh, I can't. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's fair. I guess we'll start with that because we did get the promos. So... For the Silver Tempest pre-releases, we have the following promos. First one is Sunflora, 90 HP, Stage 1. Two colorless Brilliant Beam. It does 10 plus 70 for each energy discarded from your hand. You can discard up to three. So Sunflora, it's double colorless, double turbo. You're sitting at, I don't know what, 220, 200 if it's just an attachment. Assuming you have the energy in your hand, which that's not crazy to say. Especially with energy retrieval, the energy search we have. Shoot, you could just run like Sunflora with Capacious Bucket. I mean, honestly, it doesn't say what type of energy, so there's Sunflora. Rapidash, this is the one we talked about, uh, I believe, last week with the ability Heat Boost. Once during your turn, discard a fire energy from your hand, and until the end of your turn, the attacks of your fire Pokemon do 30 more to your opponent's active. Pretty decent card. Uh, Curlia. 80 HP Psychic Type Stage 1. The reason we have a Curlia and not the final Evos is because this one has the ability Refinement. It is trade. Discard a card from hand and draw two. This is a draw engine for Psychic or just in general and a GLC card. And then finally, we have Archaeops. 150 HP Stage 2. We talked about this a few weeks back. Has the ability Primal Turbo where you search your deck for the two special energy cards and attach them to one of your Pokemon. Overall, I think this is a pretty solid pre-release list. Sunflora is probably the weakest. What do you think of the set of four? 
Um, they're not the worst ones we had. Like they're usable. They're ones that we've talked about. So like you have the Rapidash and extra thirty that you can have multiple in stack with that. Curlia is big for GLC. Um, Archaeops honestly is big for GLC. Stage two problems, but GLC is doable. I don't. I I I like some flora. I just wasn't wish it wasn't capped. That's kind of my my jig with it. Right. It, they're all viable cards in the pre-release format. No, well, Arche- I, well, I think Archaeops like special energy. I we don't know what's energies inside this current for uh, set. So it's probably more of a dud, honestly, because of the. Well, remember actual- we have Lugia V Star's ability. Which puts colorless Pokemon onto the bench. Yeah, are you going to pull Lugia V-Star? I'm not saying it pre-releases. I'm just saying in general as a value card. Yeah. Yeah. Like you basically as an ability, if you play Lugia V-Star, have the ability to just basically Team Magmas or Team Aquas any two colorless Pokemon from your discard pile. So it's it's there. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the strongest card from the list. And I also wanted to compare it to the older pre-release. So Lost Origin, we had Gengar. We had Machamp. We had Comfey, which obviously is the strongest card out of the four. And then Finneon with the Swim Freely ability. I, I think that this set of... I don't know if this set of four is better. I'm, I'm what Curly is the question mark. Because trade does get played... Trade's weird, right? Because we have trade in dark, we have trade in colorless, and now we have trade in psychic. And it's only ever played in its colorless form. So are we going to see Curlia get played? Uh, hand for GLC, yeah. I'm talking for standard. And maybe we could even talk about post-rotation. Because we lose Chinchino. Uh, no, you don't. We lose yeah. Marnie. We lose it. You don't think if we lose cards, ability like trade, we lose Inteleon? Like, we we'll, we'll we No, I don't think so because well, it's going to depend on what Pokemon come out. So if you are playing Reggie Drago, maybe Curly is used because you need the trade to get things into your discard pile. Um, why wouldn't you just use Bibaro at this point? You can refresh your hand two five. So it really depends on the deck style and what's going on, but I, I think people put use Beaverell over Curlia. I, I was gonna say that. I guess Beaverell is the only other alternative that we're really looking at going into rotation. So I'm curious to see. I could see Curlia retaining some value, like you said, in different decks, because it is obviously a stackable draw option. So we can't discount that, but yeah, it's it's not as great. And but then wrap you also have trade with Lipart as well. So well, like, that's what I'm saying. So, like, if Lipart exists and it isn't played, granted, we have, like I said, Inteleon, we have all these things right now. I, I don't know which one would rather be played. I guess the difference is Curlia can be level balled. I don't believe Lipart can. So, that would be the biggest change. But Rapidash is type dependent. Sunflora is a Sunflora. I can agree with you. It's it's on the more average end. There's no stud cards. Like, Comfey wins it for Lost Origin. Because as the meta has moved forward, even as you and I first talked about Comfey, we started talking about Comfey when it got revealed as like, yeah, this is okay. 
And then it was like, oh, this card's pretty good. And then it was like, after it released, we're like, ah, as we're getting for the, ready for the first regional, this is looking like it's going to be very good. And then all of a sudden, here it is. And people are wondering if it's going to become one of the higher level draw engines of a deck. Doesn't mean that it will, but it, it, Comfey's really soared up. So will we see that with Curlia? No, because it's not a basic. Um, but these are the pre-release promos that you might be getting this weekend. Any other comments on the pre-release promos? No. All right. Well, let's move into the regional that happened last weekend, because typically I start with that, but we had such a good streamline into the pre-release promos that I wanted to do so. Over the weekend, we had a regional in France. It was in Lille, Lille. I, I should find out how to pronounce that. In France, there were 572 regional Masters players, according to Limitless. Limitless did give us the top eight. Uh, the top eight goes as follows. At eighth place, we had a Kiram Palkia. Seventh place, we had an Arceus Giratina. Sixth place, we had Lost Box Tina. Both fourth and fifth were Palkia and Teleon. Third place was Tina with Comfey, so Lost Box. Second place was Blissey with Miltank. And first was Mew VMAX. So Mew VMAX comes in a uh, almost like middle of the road tier one deck at this point and just comes in, kind of pulls a Pika, like Pika Ram and just shows up and goes, hey, I'm a really good deck. As long as the matchups aren't set up to be against me, I can probably just come in and do really well. And that's what happened. So Mew showed up, did pretty well. I feel like certain metas will counter Mew or certain tournaments, like the next tournament, people will have counters for Mew. But when Mew kind of starts to fall off, people stop thinking about it. And that's probably its best moment to show up. Um, what are your comments on it? I mean, Blissey and Miltank, I don't really personally have any comments on. It's kind of whatever. But I, I think that, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about the Mew winning? Well, it's it's whatever, honestly. Uh, Mute Genesect has always been a good card, so I really don't see it like is an issue. Like, it's always been a good deck, and yes. it always will be a good deck. And it's it will be a good deck until Mew and V Max and V and Genesect go away. It's it will always be there. There's no reason for not for it not to be there. So it right. like it's got a place and it. It, it won. It's as simple as that. And like, it, is it is it a sexy pick? No, it's there. Good old granddad took a, took a win, but you know, it's what it is. Well, it's like when Pikaram shows up. It just shows yeah. up late rotation. and goes, "I'm here," and then just kind of it does so well just on a average board state that it's not shocking. Shocking to see that it won. Uh, yeah. I, we're still looking for that first Giratina win, man. Like it's not even using the fusion energy; it's just trying to straight up four turbo energies. Do you think we'll ever see Tina win? Hopefully, one day. Because we're gonna hit this weird spot soon, where rotation's gonna hit and new cards are gonna be circulating with new mechanics, and I really want to see Tina win an event before then. It would be yeah. nice. Because although it's going to exist, we don't know if it's actually going to carry over. You know, we're about to talk about a new set here pretty soon, and, and we don't know what's in it, what's going to come alongside it. 
We don't even really know how Silver Tempest is going to affect things. I feel like it's not going to affect things the way that Lost Origin did. Uh-huh. So I think Tina has a chance, but maybe it's such a like blatant mechanic that people are really spending the time to counter it. I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard thing to kind of counter. It's it, I I lost so such a hard, difficult mechanical to, mechanic to deal with. I'm glad people are trying to pick it up and deal with like and run it. Like it, it's a difficult whole mechanic because like I came up preaching the same thing. You have to literally remove a card from the game, right? Each time you use something, so um, it's a difficult mechanic, but it's a it's a risk reward. And I don't know how much counter there really needs to be or is. It's just you either kick yourself in the, in the in the butt or you kick butt. That's fair. Maybe that's why it's just capped too, because like you always say, it's naturally capped. Yeah. So maybe that's just the biggest part of it. It's strong, but you also need the right cards to throw away right that's fair and the palkias and kirams and all that stuff nothing too shocking blissey can go off somewhere else um shout outs to blissey i guess but it plays a heavy mill tank line and that's kind of a big turn off there uh, it's probably necessary though so that was lily again we don't have a ton of regionals coming up soon but we will update you as they happen the last piece of news before we go is we got some more information about our first scarlet and violet trading card game set the japanese sets scarlet ex and violet ex will release on january 20th in japan these will be the first sets to be revealed that display the ex mechanic that we will be getting in the 2023 calendar year um this is pokemon's move away from the v's i know we're also getting like paldean product paldea being the region uh, I know we are gearing up on the English side of things. There's really not a whole lot of information around it. We know there's going to be starter decks. We know kind of what it's going to include. It says here that there will be starter decks with Lucario EX, Ampharos EX, Mimikyu EX. Um, we knew the Mimikyu was there from above in one of the previews. We had not. We've seen Lucario. We had not heard about Ampharos yet. We don't know a whole lot about it. We just know that it will be there. So as we get closer to... As we get closer to the game's release, then we will get more information about that. I I also believe that there have been names for other sets that are coming out as well. I want to say that the first set in Japan, like the first, like, mini set past Sword... Like the Sword and Shield, the Scarlet and Violet base sets... There's one called Triplet Beat. So like we have information on what sets will be coming out. We just don't really know what cards are with it. So there's not a lot to add there. But to sum it up, January 20th will be Japan's release for the first official EX set for Scarlet and Violet. The more we're learning about the game and the more we're learning about this terrestrializing mechanic, the more I've started to think about what can come alongside it. With the information, Joe, that terrestrializing can be every type. Because we've learned that as of like two or three weeks ago. Even before you started not watching the Pokemon trailers. Because I know you've watched... You, you avoided all main trailers for the last like couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I... There, I just want to 
it's getting too close to the point for me where I just want to. I've seen things in the past few months that I've seen, you know, it, it just for me, I've kind of forgotten about some of those things. And I remember like there's some of them around, whatever, but um, I, I, I want to be reintroduced in a different hype way. So I'm doing, just kind of not watching anything current anymore. For in if terms you stumble of upon it, you stumble upon it, but you're not trying to find it. Yeah. Like today there was a reveal and I glimpsed at it because I'm going through Facebook, but like I didn't click on it. I didn't look into it. I know it exists, but I'm hoping that I forget about it in a short time period at this point in time and become a new thing when I when it comes out. That's fair. But I guess back to the terrestrial stuff. Now that we know it could be every typing, do you think we're going to see it right away in the TCG? Or do you think they're going to pull like a Z crystal thing where we see it much later? Because if it's every typing, I guess we haven't confirmed whether or not deltas would come back during the block of Scarlet and Violet, so I don't want to rule that out. But I still wonder what this is actually going to be like in the game. I'm hoping it's not an attachment, and I hope they just do a delta thing where it's a different typing. My only worry is, I guess I guess that they gave us... Well, hold on. Now that I pause myself, I mean, they did that with the Urshifus with the single strike rapid strike. Mm-hmm. So it could be it could be like that. The only reason I feel like it wouldn't be, and I feel like we'd see it now, is because Dynamax was VMAX. You know, and we saw that almost the entire block. Mm-hmm. So I have a hard time seeing it not being an attachment of sorts. Or they create basically a colorless a colorless card, quote unquote, that can turn into different typings depending on what energies are attached to it. Something along those lines. Probably. I I, I think. You know, that, that that's what I think it's gonna be. So I don't know. Not a lot of information to give you there. Is there anything else you want to say on that before we move on? No. Yeah, we'll just kinda wait until the game comes out. At this point when this episode comes out, we are officially three weeks away from release, which is pretty cool. And that also brings us to the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Uh, we appreciate the time you've taken to listen to what we have to say about the game, the community around it, the products coming out, and all in between. Joe, is there anything you would like to say before we head out? Everybody have a good Halloween. Happy Halloween. We will talk to you next week. Hopefully we have, I don't know, Joe can give us Halloween stories. Are you going to hand out candy? I don't know yet. I have to figure out what I'd hand out because like, I am a diabetic, so I don't want to hold on to anything and then have to eat it. Just buy all those Halloween Pokemon cards. Yeah, if I can find them. Dude, there's tons at the places nearby me. If you need some, we might be able to make that happen because I went grocery shopping on Sunday. And there's uh-huh. like 30 packs sitting at my grocery store. Oh, okay. There's literally 30 bags of the Halloween. Maybe, maybe it'll be gone closer to Halloween. Maybe. But they've been sitting there for months, and there's like bags on bags on bags. I would probably take, what, is it 30 packs in a bag, right? It's 30 packs in a bag. They're 15 bucks a bag. I'd probably buy two bags. That's probably about it. That's all I need. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll connect off the show. So Okay. 
Thank you guys so much for listening as you do each and every week. We hope you enjoy the weekend. Have a safe Halloween if you go out and celebrate that. And we will see you next time.